Hello, this is Dan Jones with a quiet talk for you today that I hope will bless your heart. My wife and I do our best to have a time in the mornings before everything gets going to read God's Word together and pray. I must confess, it hasn't always been so. During the years I've been a family man, I've struggled to balance family devotions with private devotions. I've probably been more consistent in private devotions, maybe because I'm a very private person. Not saying that's good, it just is. But lately, we've been fairly consistent. We read a chapter and then pray. We have a long prayer list. It is our duty to do this. You don't just pray when you feel spiritual. You pray every day, no matter how you feel. But there are those sweet times when unexpectedly the prayer time becomes more than just duty, more than routine. Last Tuesday was one of those times when, as I prayed, the tears flowed freely. My prayer took on a passion and intensity that it doesn't always. What about this? Where do emotions fit in with the average Christian life? Of course, I hope your Christian life isn't average. I think the average is pretty low nowadays. We need to step up the intensity. We Americans don't tend to be that emotional, especially those with English forebears, stiff upper lip and all that. But we were created with emotions. God made us this way. Emotions are not bad per se. They just are. Before I talk about emotions, let me briefly say that I subscribe to the view that man has a threefold nature, spirit, soul, and body. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and there are other hints in the Bible in addition to that verse. It is through your spirit that you know there's a God. It is the spirit that is involved in this thing Jesus referred to in John 3 called being born again. Spiritual birth begins the process of transforming your soul, which is where all our problems lie. Just as the human being has three aspects, so the human soul does itself. Your soul is made up of mind, will, emotions. The mind, of course, is the rational part. We think, we evaluate situations, we remember things, we calculate, and so forth. The will is one of the parts of our nature that makes us truly human. It's also the part that gives us the most trouble. With our will, of course, we make choices. What shirt will I wear today? What will I have for lunch? Who will I marry? Will I follow Christ or go my own way? And then finally, there are emotions. They often seem to be beyond the control of the will. They come on us at times, as I said before, unexpectedly. Sometimes they are downright unwelcome, but they too make us human. I've heard some preachers who seem to think emotions are bad all around. You shouldn't talk about emotional experiences except in the context of those we should avoid, like sinful emotions, anger, fear, lust. But emotions are not bad in themselves. I think emotions serve a good purpose when we submit ourselves fully.
fully to God. Like I said, the soul consists of mind, will, and emotions. It is the soul that needs to be saved or transformed. James 1.21 says this, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. When most people hear the phrase, save your soul, they think it only refers to going to heaven when you die, but it means much more than that. Your soul is really the battleground of your life when it comes to your relationship to God. In the Bible, the word for save can also mean to heal. The woman who touched the hem of Jesus' robe said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. The Greek word for made well is saved, the same word used of spiritual salvation. So when James talked about the implanted or engrafted word saving our souls, he was talking about the transformation in a life that takes place through God's grace at work in us. We must allow God's word to be implanted in us. We do this through daily study, memorization, meditation. At times, God uses the word to bring specific conviction to us on an issue, and we must immediately submit to God's Spirit on that matter. All three aspects of our soul need healing. In our minds, we have thoughts and concepts that are contrary to God's revealed Word. They need to be corrected because we make choices based on what we believe to be true. And sometimes we know the truth but do wrong anyway. That's where our will needs to be transformed. We must simply make the hard choice to submit to God. And then there are the emotions. We battle so many negative emotions like fear, anger, hatred. We must bring these to the cross, confess them as sin, and ask for God's grace to transform fear to faith, anger to meekness, hatred to love, and so on. This is what grace is, the divine power God gives us to live his way. We can get more grace by humbling ourselves, according to James 4. Verses 6 through 10 of that chapter read, But he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. We are not to be ruled by our emotions. We have to walk with Jesus every day, whether we feel like it or not. We must pray every day, even when it seems like we're just talking to the ceiling. We need to read and study God's Word 
every day, even when we don't think we're getting anything. That's what faith is. And we should not seek emotional experiences. For most of us, when they happen, they are unexpected. I believe those precious times when our cup overflows, that is, when we experience godly emotions in response to whatever he happens to be be doing in us or saying to us at the moment, are God's way of assuring us that this thing is real. We human beings cannot live just on a list of sterile propositions. We've got to have life, and life consists in more than just agreeing with certain tenets of the faith. Godly emotions, such as I experienced in prayer last Tuesday, are a function of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. My emotional experience cannot prove anything to somebody else. I don't go out and say, well, I cried when I was praying today, so God is real. Why don't you follow him? That won't work. It will just make people think you're unhinged. Those times are for you and for you only. It's like in marriage. There are things that are just for me and my wife. And with God, there are things sometimes that are just between us. I can listen all day long to clever speakers trying to convince me that what's happened in my life is not valid but their words will have no effect on me. I know what God has done in my life. I know it's real. Let me close with this verse from 1 John chapter 3. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that fills us, that empowers us, that makes your word and makes you real to us. God, fill us with your Spirit. Give us a hunger for God. Help us to be disciplined, to seek you daily when we feel like it, when we don't feel like it. Lord, to be faithful every day in God's word and in prayer. Work in the lives of the listeners to this talk today, Father God, to bring us into all the fullness of Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, I'd love to hear from you. And my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.